Welcome to the Mass Startup Podcast. This podcast explores the journeys behind some of Africa's emerging entrepreneurs, startups, and small businesses. The Mass Startup Podcast profiles the most talented creators, impactful entrepreneurs, and high-performing professionals with the purpose to drive insights, learnings, and tactics to help you build what you believe in. Today we have a really special episode of the Mass Startup Podcast where we're speaking about something that I think not enough small businesses think about, um, especially at the beginning, which is compliance, right? And like just the word itself makes me uncomfortable to speak about because I'm mainly a creative, so I don't really speak about these things as much as I should and like I think we don't talk about them as much as we should. So we got someone really, really interesting um, to join us for this podcast so that they can really share about the things that small businesses don't think about enough. And I think it's going to be a really interesting episode. So just to get started, um, Richard, please introduce yourself. Thanks, Mesh. I'm Richard Wood, um, and I'm the sales director for small business, uh, Africa, Middle East, and Sage. And I've been with Sage for about seven years. Oh, cool. Um, so what do, you, what do you actually do in your role? Cool. So my role is specifically focused on uh, small business. Um, that's across uh, about four different products, which we we target a range of small businesses. So there's desktop products and there's cloud solutions. Um, and that's sold via various channels um, through telesales teams and then uh, also an indirect channel being our business partners. Um, yeah, I mean, day to day is is supporting those teams, and you know, helping to ultimately provide our Sage solutions to to our customers. Yeah, and what do you guys actually define as being a small business? So, small business and, and the definition, um, you know, there's I suppose there's technical definitions, and I, I think what I'm going to do is talk about what Sage views as a, a small business. So we look at complexity of a business rather than a revenue or turnover that a business generates. So it's an analysis is done when you purchase a Sage accounting solution where we look at what are your accounting pro- processes, what makes up your business, and we then try to offer you the best solution that, that fits there. That's amazing. Um so, you know, one of the things that I think small businesses don't think often enough about is compliance. And um, what would you say is the first thing that a small business needs to do in order to get started on being compliant, whether from a registration perspective or a tax perspective? Yeah. So I think first off, um, you know, deciding on structuring your business through a legal entity. Um, you know, often people will start a business in their personal name um, and will begin trading straight away. There's obviously risks to that. You know, creditors come after you, they can go after your personal assets. But if you structure that through uh, a legal entity, like a private company, you've obviously afforded certain protections within lines of, you know, uh, directors, I suppose, not committing fraud. Um, you would look to register uh, your company with. Uh, SIPC, that's the company's registrar, that then defines a, a legal entity outside of, um, I suppose, your yourself. From there, you 
yeah, from there, you, I mean, you obviously got to look at the tax tax components. There's several tax types that you'd need to look at. Um, one of the mechanisms I'd recommend is using um, SIPC's new biz portal. This is an end-to-end portal where you can go in, do your verification of you know who you are, and basically open a company within 24 hours, which would include your income tax number, um, your UAF and SDL regu- uh, registrations. Um, if your entity is and at, when, at point of registration, you would automatically qualify for a BE certificate. Um, and opening a bank account, literally all in a single process. Yeah, that's amazing. So, you know, I know there's still like requirements for what sort of small business actually pays tax versus ones that don't. Um, mm. Do you, by any chance, um, you know, what are the biggest ones, right? I, I know there's one around turnover, just like how much the business makes. Yeah, so what, what SARS tried to do is, and I think they've done it, um, is they've created a tax type to simplify, uh, you know, all these filing obligations. So back in the day, you've got your, your tax entity where you've registered for income tax, and then you've got that PAYE and a whole other list of nice taxes that you have to worry about. What SARS did was they created turnover tax for particularly for small businesses because the uh, registration restriction is turnover of less than a million rand. You can now register for this tax type instead of having to register for all those individual tax types. So it takes care of provisional tax, income tax, capital gains tax, secondary tax on companies, and did I say dividends tax? Yeah. So it's it's a much, I suppose, less onerous process to look after your tax affairs um, with SARS. Yeah. And, you know, it's really interesting to, I've never heard of, you know, the tax types or anything like that. Why do you think a lot of small businesses don't really think about compliance and tax and all of that right at the beginning? I think it's, you know, I mean, you can probably go go back to school for this one. You know, when you're taught growing up, you, you worry about maths and English and history and geography, and there's no actual focus on, you know, cool, maybe you did economics, but there's no actual focus on what is step one of what you need to do to start a business. So I really think it's awareness. There, there just isn't enough talking about how to start a small business. What do you need to do? You know, people will very quickly, I suppose, start a side hustle and then realize that, well, actually, this is really difficult to make compliant and, and get down the road just because there's no information available. And they then don't end up becoming compliant and, you know, end up dealing with personal tax affairs because now, remember, it's all in their personal name. So there's, they're going to run into issues with the tax man at some point um, when he picks up, you know, there's been additional income now that hasn't had tax paid on it. Yeah. And what are the massive com- consequences that can sort of occur for a small business if they don't become tax compliant and file their taxes and make sure that they're, you know, in good books with the tax man? So there's a couple components to this. There's um, simple you know, non-compliance where you're registered for a tax type and you didn't file a return. You would 
off the bat uh, pay a penalty if it was late, and that's levied at about 10%, and then interest until you make the payment on that uh, penalty and the tax return. Um, there's, you know, those administrative penalties do have a couple categories based on severity. So, you know, if there's, I suppose, maybe gross negligence or those types of things, post an audit that maybe where SARS came to your premises and, you know, investigated what was going on, you know, you can get penalty all the way up to 200%. Now, that's obviously just the monetary side. There's also the criminal side where you can actually be convicted um, and I suppose theoretically need to go to jail um, for not complying. Yeah, and like I also think of um, other consequences. So, for example, um, last year I remember when, you know, COVID hit and all these small businesses were struggling, tax compliance and, you know, UIF filing, all these things became a big, big factor in which small businesses got funding and which ones did not. And there was a lot of small businesses that couldn't get the funding that they needed because they didn't have their books in order. Do you think, you know, consequences like that can also be like a really big, big, big disadvantage for a lot of small businesses that don't necessarily think that this stuff is important? With that COVID tax relief that came out, that, I think, was kind of a big mindset change for a lot of people because suddenly now I've been running this business for years, but, you know, I hadn't worried about doing compliance. I couldn't apply for anything because I wasn't compliant. You know, the first requirement on that, that portal was your tax clearance certificate, which, by the way, is very easy to apply for. You just do it on e-filing um, and they give you a certificate. That certificate, without that, you couldn't qualify for anything. I think, you know... Parts of doing business now also require that. So if you are tendering with government, you need a tax clearance certificate. If you are trading with any of the listed companies, you need a tax clearance certificate. Um, and I think, you know, even a bit further down the line on, you know, being compliant and ready, if you're not ready when an opportunity comes along, you know, you may not be able to take it because you don't have your documents in order. You don't have that tax clearance certificate that you need. Um, uh, I've got a friend who had an opportunity come up where, you know, he was sort of running his side hustle, you know, hadn't really worried about the tax man. And then an opportunity that was life-changing came along the way. And he couldn't take advantage of it because he wasn't compliant and he wasn't ready. And unfortunately, in this case, he didn't get the opportunity because they required all that documentation and he just didn't have it. Yeah, and like, what would you say are the sort of, um, in terms of a checklist, right, if there is a perfect checklist for this, what are the top three things that every small business needs to have in, in order to be compliant in this way? Okay, so I would always, and maybe I'm biased because I sell accounting software, but I would always start with accounting software. I think that is the center point. From there, it simplifies your engagement with the, the tax service. Um, you know, it simplifies your engagement with your accountants. It you know, decomplicates being able to issue invoices and, and capture supplier documentation. Um, so, yeah, I would definitely say accounting software would be a starting point. Um, 
obviously, you know, things like, you know, you make sure you've got a registered entity. Um, I, I would always recommend trade outside of yourself. Don't use your, you know, name as the business. Trade in a separate entity. That gives you a lot of protections, um, you know, especially if things do go bad, you know, the creditors can't come take, you know, your nice new car or, you know, whether it be your cell phone. Um, and then from there, um, then obviously I think making sure that you are are registered. And I, I think make a lot of, give a lot of thought to this piece. So, you know, what type of tax, and this also I would recommend maybe getting some, some advice on, but, you know, this various small business tax opportunities available, you know, turnover tax we spoke about earlier, this small business corporation tax, which is a, a tax mechanism where you pay a lower percentage up to a certain point on your profit. Um, so that means you're keeping more of your profit to yourself, especially as a small business. You know, that is really important. Yeah, that's that's so important. Um, how big would you say the gap is between, you know, uh, the small businesses that are tax compliant versus the ones that are not? So... In terms of the tax report of 2020, um, that is defined as 210 hours. So if you're not right now not compliant at all and not doing anything to keep your affairs in order, you're 210 hours away from being able to do that. Obviously, if you've got multiple financial years that you've been trading through, you could probably multiply that out. So, you know, five years times 210. Um that essentially is, you know, the hours you'd need to put into to become tax compliant. And again, I suppose it goes back to, you know, look at putting all your tax obligations together right in the beginning. Because when you're down in the trenches running your business, you don't want to have to worry about, well, you know, when is the tax man coming for his money? Get all that in order. Yeah, and like doing it exactly from the beginning would make it easier, right? Like not um, sort of panicking right at the end when, you know, it's too late and the tax man's already knocking at your door. Um, what would you say, you know, in terms of using different software or tools or resources, um, how can a small business or an entrepreneur use Sage in order to get started right from the beginning to make sure that they have their, their books in order, but also start thinking about being compliant in terms of tax and UIF and other things? Yeah, so I think, yeah, I mean, firstly, the software obviously enables you to be compliant with all these things. So, you know, it's capturing your bank statement, your supply invoices, and, you know, sending your customers invoices. But I think, you know, more to that, there's obviously, you know, knowing, well, which tax types am I actually registered for? Because, you know, people are like, oh, cool, I'm up to date with my income tax. But you've also got employees who you're paying every month who you're not deducting PAYE from. Um, and you're not compliant there. So I think knowing which tax types you're registered for and then knowing what those deadlines are. You know, you've got to know I'm due to pay PYE, you know, 30 days from each month end or my VAT cycle is every two months or every month. Those impact whether you would need to pay interest or penalties if you're, if you're late. And then 
making sure that you keep all those supporting documents. I think one of the things that's great with, with Sage is being able to capture all those supporting documents right into the accounting system. So you've got a slip from, from checkers, you can take a photo with your phone, and you can upload that into the software. And it's then a permanent record so that when SARS does come, because they do come, is you've got everything in one place. You literally print all out, you pass it on, SARS audits, and they come back and say, cool, we give you a clean audit. That's so cool. Um, in terms of Sage itself, you know, you, you mentioned earlier just how um, you guys try to match the business to the best product. So whatever stage the business is at, you'll actually advise which services are most needed at that sort of point, which I think is super, super helpful and like valuable as well. Um, what would you say is like a really great way for any small business to get started with Sage itself as a tool? So I think first bit with Sage is I would always recommend, you know, taking advantage of our free e-learning. There's really simple mechanisms there that you can use to actually help you understand how you should use the systems, what, you know, you need to know. Um, so that when you get to the point that, you know, you need to then pass on to accountant, you know, you've got a basic business structure. You understand that, you know, where the supply invoices go, where the customer invoices go, how to put the bank statement in. Um, you know, that I think is from a resourcing perspective. Um, and then, you know, we've got things like um, Sage City, which is our, our forum where any of the Sage customers can go and ask each other questions. We've got uh, Sage colleagues who obviously you know, specialize in the different products and they all um, offer solutions and advice. And then it's also you know, accountants who can then go and comment on the same question and say, you know, you could also do X, Y, Z. Yeah. So there's like a really good community that forms around you know, supporting entrepreneurs and having multiple tools that can help them in different ways rather than just like it being, you know, one sort of um, tool that, you know, entrepreneurs need to sort of fight and figure out. There, there seems to be a lot more resources around that. I think one of them being um, Sage Advice, um, the blog, which I think is one of the really, really interesting platforms for learning about, you know, whether it's tax compliance or just overall how to run your business better. And like, I think about those things as being so impactful for entrepreneurs um, how deeply do you guys think about how to support small businesses through tools that aren't necessarily focused on their accounting? Yeah, so I think, you know, things like Sage Advice, you know, where we you know, try and talk more holistically to, you know, running a small business, uh, you know, I get that accounting is just one aspect, you know, there's, there's still complexities on, you know, marketing to your customers, knowing how to structure their marketing, you know, how to take advantage of, um you know, Google type AdWords things. Um, you know, like there's, I think, a lot that goes into running a business that sits outside of that software. The software is just the record of the transaction and knowing where what got allocated. That running the business and, you know, the, the other expertise that go into that, you know, I think that's where some of these community-based things are, are great. You know, someone's had a challenge that you're having right now. You know, go ask. Yeah, and you're never, ever the only one going through a, a specific challenge, especially when it comes to small business. I think that, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs and sort of and creators also think that they, they're a unique case and um, no one will understand what they're actually going through. But you start to find that there's actually a lot of commonalities and like 
um, parallels between the, the, the realities for most entrepreneurs. Um, and, and that's a really, really important point. Um, just a final sort of question or a, a thought. Um, what do you think small businesses um, need to do you know, right now to make sure that they're ready for tax year end? Um, and, and, and what should they be doing? So I think first thing is, you know, go check your due dates. Make sure that at least, you know, you're going to be on time. Um, but reach out to, if you've got an accountant, reach out to them early. Ask for advice if you've got any questions at that point. Try and get ahead of it. Don't be the last to file. Don't be the one who's doing it right at the end. Plan, add it to, you know, what needs to be achieved and, you know, call it the next couple of months. And make sure that, that you know, you, you are ready for, you know, the components that come to being compliant. Mm, okay, cool. Thank you so much, Richard. I really, really appreciate it. Um, where can any entrepreneur or, or small business or creator um, get access to the Sage tools? Um, is there a website? Um, how do we find it on social media and all of that? So, um, yeah, literally, uh, it's you can go straight to the Sage website. It's just, you know, sage.com. Pop it in Google, Sage South Africa, Sage Accounting, Sage anything, and you'll find us. Um, and then, obviously, I think watch out for a lot of our marketing at the moment. We've got a, a great campaign out um, called Own It. Um, you know, there's, there's radio ads out. Um, and then a, a lot of digital content, which, you know, you should, if you literally type accounting in Google, you should see. Cool. Thank you so much, Richard. Thanks, Mash.